The Miami Dolphins' next opponent is the New York Giants, who the Dolphins will host in Week 5. What do you have to know about Miami's next opponent? I'm glad you asked that here today on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I want to give a tip of the cap, proverbial cap, to our everydayers who are locked in on a daily basis because it is your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it on the Locked On Network. Today on the show, we are going to... Turn the page, week five. I know some of you are very accustomed to the all 22 notes, reviews, and the immediate aftermath of a game. Please know uh, our family added a, a son on Saturday, and he has not cooperated all that much with me properly grinding the tape. And as an acknowledgement to all of you, I would rather not watch the defensive tape and then the first half of the offensive tape while juggling a baby and really get into the nitty gritty. Now I have some observations. Some of that went out on the locked on Dolphins subtext community, uh, which if you're interested in, there's an opportunity for you to shine up in the, the sign up in the show notes. Um, but I'll just leave it at that. I would rather not half, you know what it, I would rather just say, we're going to turn the page focus on the Giants. And if you have questions about the Dolphins and their performance, we got power to the pod that's shown up this week. So consider that as the kind of pivot to kick it back into your hands for the questions that you had coming out of week four for the Dolphins. But in week five, the Dolphins are hosting the New York football Giants. And the Giants are a team that has not had a very fun go of 2023 thus far. And I think it is important to note before we get into the primer about the Giants that we should be respecting every opponent and never overlooking an opponent and not taking it for granted because the moment you do that, what happens to you is what happens to the Dallas Cowboys when they lose to the Arizona Cardinals or what happens to you is what happens when the Buffalo Bills lose to the Zach Wilson-led New York Jets in week one of this season. If you take the opportunity for granted to play a game on Sunday. You are setting yourself up for disappointment. Now, I I would like to think a team as good and as talented and as Miami's is that lost by four touchdowns on Sunday to a divisional rival, you're probably going to have all the motivation in the world to come out and execute at a high level and be extremely focused. But in saying that, I will say this. This Giants team is not particularly good. They were a team that hired Brian Dayball and had question marks with quarterback Daniel Jones. And last year, they somehow managed to fight, scratch, and claw their way to a 9-7-1 and record and make the playoffs. And then they ran into the purple cockroaches that were the Minnesota Vikings, who were 11-0 in one-score games throughout the course of the regular season. And surprise, regression to the mean happens. And the Vikings lose the game, and the Giants go to the second round of the playoffs and get absolutely waxed by the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Giants, as just a point of perspective, you thought uh, the, the Dolphins had an ugly smackdown on Sunday against Buffalo. 
playoffs last year, the Giants in the divisional round, 38-7. to They had half the amount of first downs as Philadelphia did. They had half the amount of yards that Philadelphia did, and they lost on the road against a divisional opponent by 31 points. Of course, Philadelphia would go to the Super Bowl and lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and that was um, arguably not even the worst loss that the Giants took at the hands of the Eagles last year either. You know, they, they played in New York week 14, and, and the Giants lost 48-22. to 22. So I say that about the Giants to set the stage as a team that made the playoffs with a winning record, with a first-year head coach, and everything the Giants did throughout the course of the offseason told you they felt like they were close. We're going to trade a third-round pick, the 100th overall pick in the NFL draft. We're going to trade it for Darren Waller, and we're going to bring Darren Waller into the mix. And we are going to draft for need by adding Jalen Hyatt in the third round and Deontay Banks in the first round uh, to the ranks that they already had in hopes that it was going to really – kickstart this football team. John Michael Smith, they draft a center. They needed an interior offensive lineman in the the second round. So they they explicitly drafted for need with each of their three picks in in the top 100 and then used another top 100 pick on on, uh, on tight end Darren Waller. What has happened is the Giants team that has shown up this year has largely been the Giants team you were expecting to get last year. The situational football elements are no longer there. The Giants coaching staff last year did a phenomenal job with Isaiah Hodgins was the number one wide receiver, scheming targets, creating manufactured touches. The Giants at this point are one in three. They're in last place in the NFC East. They have scored 46 points in four games. 11 and a half points per game is dead last in the NFL. They have conceded 30 and a half points per game, which is 30th in the NFL. They have actually conceded 122 points, 30.5 per game. That's an ugly number. The Giants have not had a single game that has gone by where they have not had at least a turnover. They have eight turnovers in their first four games. They have not forced a turnover defensively in the first four games. They have conceded, on average, about 140 rushing yards per game defensively. You can go down the list. They lost by 40. They won against Arizona, and they were down at halftime of that game by 20 points. They lost by 18 to San Francisco. They lost by 21 on Monday Night Football to the Seattle Seahawks. It's a bad football team. And I usually don't get on here on these shows and and talk about an opponent like this, but. If this football team of the Miami Dolphins is the team that we think that they are, there's a certain level of performance that you have to expect. And if they don't provide that after what happened last weekend, then you got to really put put some things under the microscope and ask where the perspective is not right with, with performers and players on the team. The Giants' next two games are at Miami and at Buffalo. And you already started one and three. Godspeed. We're going to talk a little bit about the personnel uh, for this Giants team next year on this episode of Locked On Dolphins, so stick with us. 
Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks of each and every week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we are providing you with the players that are guaranteed fit for your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Packers running back Aaron Jones did not fare well in limited work, returning from his hamstring injury against the Lions in Week 4. With some time to heal off a mini-buy, look for Jones to be ready to show his old explosive self as a runner and receiver on Monday night against Las Vegas. He'll feel right at home with plenty of cheeseheads making the trip to the desert against a bad Raiders defense overall. Not too far down the road where Jones' star was born in his hometown of El Paso, Texas. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship this year. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each and every player being a perfect fit. And the same goes for your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. With eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or drive alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. So from a personnel standpoint, uh, the, the Giants have been missing the last couple of weeks, probably their two best players. Or at least their two best players on the offensive side of the ball with Saquon Barkley, and Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas, the left tackle from the 2020 class that went just a few picks, what, two picks ahead of one pick ahead of Tua Tungvaloa? And then obviously Saquon Barkley was a top three pick for the Giants back in 2018. He's playing this year on an amended franchise tag number. And uh, his return would, would certainly help because from a performance standpoint and, and personnel standpoint, the backup runner is Matt Breida. Should be a familiar name. The Dolphins gave him a spin around the block once upon a time. Gary Brightwell, currently the second string running back for this Giants team. Andrew Thomas, uh, the, the backups here are young, inexperienced, mid-round, raw developmental types like Josh Izudu. Um, then you have Matt Pert, who was drafted in that same 2020 class as Andrew Thomas, who has not gained any traction. And... I would say this about the interior. If you watched any of Monday Night Football for Seattle against the New York Giants, you know exactly what you're getting. The offensive line is a tire fire. Shane Lemieux, John Michael Schmitz, a rookie center who I liked coming out of Minnesota, but you're you're putting bumpers around him that are Lemieux, Marcus McKeithen, even if it's Glowinski or Ben Bredesen or Josh Izudu. It's not a strong group. And it might just be what the doctor ordered for a Dolphins defense that has had some success. But I, I think their success has come with a certain kind of game script. And it's coming away that I think Vic Fangio would probably not prefer that it comes, which is bringing extra pressure players. But at, at some point, the levy's got to break. And I understand and I'm sympathetic. One of the All-22 observations that I did have from watching the Dolphins defensive All-22 tape against the Buffalo Bills was uh, communication on the back end was a disaster for Miami. A lot of coverage calls and checks and assignments that are just totally broken. 
and you look at Deshaun Elliott not playing in this game and Brandon Jones stepping in his shoes and you acknowledge Vic Fangio has been asked about Brandon Jones and said he was behind because he missed time trying to rehab from an ACL. And it showed. If you had to ask me who was the biggest stock up of any Dolphins player on the roster coming out of week four, I would say it's Deshaun Elliott because he didn't play and his value to this team was illustrated in a way that you couldn't possibly have without seeing what it looked like without him. So we're certainly hoping Deshaun Elliott is dialed back in and raring to go and, and fully ready because the communication breakdowns that happened against Buffalo, the analogy that I would say is this. It's like you're learning French, okay? You're in French 200. You book a flight, you fly to Paris by yourself, and your translator calls out sick at the last minute. And now you're in Paris and you got to find your way around and you hardly speak the language. When you're learning a new defensive system like the Fangio scheme and your communicator, one of your key communicators that is a safety-driven defense, we've talked about that at length. I think there's some other things that are going on as far as the nickel position and providing extra support to that position and that in turn leaving Cater Kohu out in a bigger island than you would want to. I think there's a lot of dominoes that are, are falling here. But at the end of the day, you're learning a new defensive scheme that has a lot of nuance to it. And everybody's got to be on the same page. And when you can't communicate on the back end and you're still just learning the language in the first place, and then you go to France and it's 400-level communication to be able to have conversations with people there, a.k.a. defending one of the best quarterbacks and best offenses in football, It's not you're not going to have a fun time. And the Dolphins didn't. Now, this team that you're getting ready to play, this is 100-level stuff. And I mean that with all due respect to the Giants. They're building something up. They had had a very, very prolonged amount of time as a franchise where they were in bad shape. You talk about the Dolphins having lack of um, winning seasons, and, and obviously that's changed over the course of the last three seasons with three consecutive winning seasons. But the Giants, 2017, 3-13, and 13, then they were 5-11, and 11, then they were 4-12, and 12, then they were 6-10, and 10, then they were 4-13. and 13. Then they hired Brian Day with Joe, Joe Judge. Second year, they were minus 158 points in point differential. They scored 258 points in a season. Bad, 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 ugly stuff, right? You hire Dayball. They're good situationally. They get a few bounces of the ball. They make the playoffs. They have their first winning season since 2016. Well, now they come out. And all of the voids that it felt like the roster had with all the struggles and then a schematic change. They overachieve in year one, and it felt like the Giants said, okay, we're going to lean into being competitive because we were competitive last year. Let's go compete again this year, so let's directly address our needs as compared to just building the foundation of the roster. And even then, they'd still be a young team. But Darren Waller ain't done anything for this football team to this stage. Now, you'd like to think that I just, and I'll knock on wood, I'll go ahead and do it. I'm not ashamed. I'd like to think I didn't just jinx this team. <laughs> Darren Waller's uh, averaging, what, 38 yards a game? 6.7 yards per target? It's been tough sledding for the Giants. So from a personnel standpoint, 
where they are strong, and they're pretty strong in the front defensively. So you hear that and think about Toronto Armstead and what's Connor Williams' status. And I know Drew Rosenhaus goes on the radio and says Connor's going to be back this week or next week. Um, I'd expect Connor back this week, to be honest. But the the strength of the Giants is defensively with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence and Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau and what they have on the line of scrimmage. I don't really like the assignments that they're going to be able to draw from a corner's perspective, whether it's Deontay Banks, the first-round pick that they drafted. They've got another rookie corner in Trey Hawkins, Adoree Jackson in the nickel. I think he's probably their best matchup player to work with, but the Dolphins have two players that you've really got to be worried about at wide receiver, and we talked about on Monday. We need to see the Dolphins, or on Tuesday we talked more, Jalen Waddle's got to get more involved in football games. We can't skirt through and have six targets for Jalen Waddle. And I understand we're going to run the ball more, and I understand Tyreek Hill deserves his targets and his flowers, and you got explosive weapons in the backfield now. Waddle's got to touch the ball more. So you get a math problem there. Then the linebackers are Bobby O'Kerke, Micah McFadden, and Carter Coughlin, and Isaiah Simmons, who they traded for uh, at the start of the season from Arizona. So the the stark difference, I, I think you reflect on what the San Francisco 49ers were able to do last year against this Dolphins offense. What the team that you just played, the Buffalo Bills, was able to do and was able to do in, in the matchups last year against the offense, particularly the, the first and the last of the three games. Teams that have really dynamic linebackers are going to be able to challenge Miami in unique ways because they are able to defend the space in the middle of the field that Miami is so prone and key on attacking. I say that to say this too. I look at Bobby O'Karake, who's got $10 million a year contract, and Micah McFadden, who I liked as a fifth-round pick out of Indiana uh, in 2022. It's kind of like a stack 3-3-5, rush, blitz, linebacker-type player. That group ain't Matt Milano and, and Terrell Bernard. That group ain't Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw. So your expectation is... Probably, I, I would go back to a lot of what you saw in the first couple weeks. The abnormally fast trigger throwing to voids in zone coverage. Uh, if the Giants want to play man coverage with Trey Hawkins and Adoree Jackson and Deontay Banks, more power to you. I'll tip my cap to you and wish you best of luck doing that. But the front, particularly the interior of Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, is an assignment that can create the bumps in the road for Miami to make this be a game that you should not be overlooking. And I know we've, we've talked about this team with a lot of directness on this show. And we'll talk with Locked On Giants tomorrow for Crossover Thursday. For those of you who aren't listening as this drops on Tuesday night and you listen on Wednesday. But this Giants team, you know, that they, they have a couple players. Dexter Lawrence is one of them. is a cornerstone player. Got paid the big-time bucks this offseason. It's one of the contracts that Christian Wilkins looked at, saw dollar signs. We'll talk more about that later this week as well. Don't take this for granted because what they have up front can wreck a game plan. Now, because of what they have behind it, I think Miami will have success doing a lot of the things that they were able to do across the course of the first three games because everybody's going to point to the Buffalo game and say, oh, the Bills laid the blueprint. Sure. If you have the personnel to do it, 
it's one thing entirely to see X's on the chalkboard and understand, okay, this is what the Bills did. We're going to do that too. But if you don't have the dudes to actually do it, and Matt Milano, I know Dolphins fans don't like him. He's one of the best linebackers in football. Played a possessed game on Sunday against Miami. You don't have those kinds of guys in those critical spots. I don't care if the blueprint's out there or not. It's Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's. Now, we're going to talk about the performance of the Giants, some key metrics thus far this season. That's our focus here as we bring this primer for the New York in Week 5 to a close. Stick with us. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, to give BetterHelp a try. It's done entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. If you ever feel like your brain's getting in the way, like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it with any consistency, therapy helps you find out what is holding you back. So if you want to work for yourself instead of against yourself, consider BetterHelp. You fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. So kind of laying stuff out for the Giants. I'll wait getting into injuries and things of that nature with LockedOn Giants and and Patricia tomorrow uh, just to make sure that we're really dialed in on on the right stuff. Uh, But Daniel Jones was sacked 11th. 11 times on Monday Night Football by the Seattle Seahawks. 11 times. Andrew Thomas all banged up. They, um, from a personnel standpoint, obviously missing him and, and Saquon Barkley. But at the end of the day, you could stack this team up in just about any major statistical category. Across four games, they are averaging barely... They were averaging 252 yards from scrimmage offensively per game through the first four games of the season. 252 yards. That's 31st in the NFL. They have 46 points through the first four games. 11 and a half points. That is dead last in the NFL. They have 632 passing yards through the first four games of the season. That's 30th in the NFL. They've thrown two touchdowns versus six interceptions as a team. That is respectively 30th in the NFL. Their net yards per attempt is 4.0. They average the same amount of yardage running the ball as they do on a drop back pass. That number in net yards per attempt is 32nd in the NFL, dead last. They've been penalized 27 times for 229 yards. Uh, They are from a points per drive perspective. 1.07 points per drive. That's 26th in the NFL. They average 22 and a half yards per possession offensively. That is 29th in the NFL defensively conceding almost two and a half points per possession. That is 30th in the NFL, the 33 and a half yards from scrimmage per possession defensively conceded is 27th in the NFL. They played a game uh, against Seattle where they had a pick six. They conceded six sacks. They gave up 281 yards and 13 first downs and lost by 21 points. Daniel Jones has been abysmal after earning a four-year, $160 million contract. The team's leading rusher is Daniel Jones. Uh, He's averaging 5.1 yards per attempt. Saquon Barkley, even in the two games that he has played for the team thus far, is averaging 3.9 yards per attempt. 
The team's leading receiver at this point from a reception standpoint is Darren Waller. Uh, he is averaging 10.2 yards per catch, 153 yards. And from a metrics perspective, the Giants are 20th in the NFL offensively on third down, 37%. It's a big number for Miami because third downs and getting off the field on third downs has been a hardship. Uh, they are 22nd in third down uh, defense this season, 43%. And in the red zone, they are middle of the pack, but they've only been in the red zone nine times. They've scored touchdowns on five of those trips, but they've been in the red zone nine times through four games this season. As a point of perspective, if it helps, Miami has been in the red zone 18 times this season, and they've scored 14 touchdowns. So the Dolphins have scored five more touchdowns in the red zone than total trips the Giants have made. That 78% red zone touchdown percentage is second best in the NFL for the Dolphins. So... Uh, there, there's high expectations this week for Miami because I think the team that you saw on Sunday against Buffalo, I think the game script went a certain way. I think you had a couple unfortunate bounces in the first half. You ended up chasing that game to a degree in which you probably didn't need to, and you conceded a bunch of extra points just before the close of the half. Then you score and make it a two-score game, and you once again have uh, communication breakdowns and assignment breakdowns. and. You're, you're missing these key communicators. And please, if you're still, for whatever reason, a fan of the team from Western New York who's still on Wednesday is still coming back to, to watch these shows and comment about how great your football team is, congratulations on your Super Bowl in week four. Um, like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I just think it's incredible that after last year, all of the congratulations on your week three Super Bowl commentary that we got magically, the other shoes on the other foot, and we won't stop hearing from these folks that are flooding into these this show and every other show and social media and making every conversation out there about the, the Miami Dolphins, about themselves, which I think is a shame. Um, that's going to do it for us here today on the show. I already teased. We have crossover Thursday tomorrow. We have Power to the Pod returning as well. We're setting a game plan to defeat the New York Giants. That'll come as well. So you got three more shows this week. Make sure you keep it locked in with us on Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. I appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Fins up. I appreciate each and every one of you, and I will talk to you all again tomorrow.